every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a pastor, he's a mighty leader in our city, loves the Lord and loves the Lord's people. I've journeyed with uh, Pastor Clive Boston for about five, five and a half years, and um, he's been a tremendous help to our ministry. And today here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, I'm absolutely privileged to introduce to you Pastor Clive Boston. Welcome, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Nathaniel, we too parson, parson. parson. If I was, if I was in England, I'd be a parson. Were you? There was an Englishman, Clive. Uh, no, but well, parson means David pastor. Parson. David Parson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mighty man. Yes, I think yes. you somehow are related to him. Yes, a distant relative, yes. A distant relative. Yes, we are, yeah. yeah. Um, we took over your old uh, office building. Yes, and yes. you probably didn't realize that in the very office that you stayed, I stayed, and you left the anointing there. Yes, well, good. It's still flowing. <laughs> good. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been privileged to to actually have. So I've had your office, yeah. which is great. Uh, I've had John McElroy's office, yes, which is yes. great, and I've had another person's office of the city, John Finkelde's. Okay, and I okay. didn't know that until right. I interviewed him here. Okay. Okay, so well, three, three, three. So you get around. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I get, get around yes, churches yes, and yes. live in their offices. So you came to Australia what ten years ago, nine years? No, twenty fifteen. February, so February twenty fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Just but you had come years. before. Uh, I visited. Yes. Visited. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it arrived also, there with my family twenty fifteen. Yeah. And that's it. That's yeah. it. That's there we story. are. Now I'm an Australian. <laughs> oh, yes, you have yes. been naturalized. Yeah, that's right. From South Africa. That's right. Uh, what part did you grow up in? I grew up in Johannesburg. In Johannesburg. Yeah. yeah. Are your parents English or? Yeah, I grew up English, English, as you know, South Africa. Uh, yeah. Amongst white population, generally English or Afrikaans, but I grew up English. But you spoke Afrikaans as well? Yes, we had to. <laughs> so at it. school? Hey, was yeah, we had to speak school? two languages, yeah. So okay. it was. English and Afrikaans. You didn't pass Afrikaans, you didn't pass. That's it. But if you didn't pass English, you passed. Uh, no, no, you still had to pass. You had to do so that. I struggled with it, with Afrikaans. Uh, so in Johannesburg, most people spoke English, though. And that's why. Um, no, no most people, but um, actually, predominantly, they're Afrikaans people. But okay. you, you're, who you hang around with is predominantly English. It's only when I went to the army many years later as a young man that I found out there were so many Afrikaans people to my amazement. So, yeah, <laughs> but uh, mainly English. And your parents, uh, did they migrate to South Africa or they had... No, no, they were, they, were, they were South Africans, but obviously uh, their, their ancestors came from England, um, which would have been my father's side, Pawson, which is British. Yeah. And then my mother would have been... Uh, her family tree would have been probably Dutch, yeah. uh, French, etc. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so growing up in Johannesburg, how was it? Joburg's Joburg. Joburg's a great place. Yeah, yeah, a great place. Friendly people, big place, uh, but great people. Yeah, I loved it. 
In, yeah. You were in an inner city suburb or more in the outskirts? No, no, outskirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, uh, Joburg itself is a good couple of million people. So the whole area, Gauteng, that is part of it, is 10 million people. So ah. it's pretty big, yeah. So. And uh, how many siblings in your family? Well, now I have a brother and a sister left. Okay. But uh, generally, uh, my mother had eight children um, eventually, you know, um, and obviously some died. What I have now is an older brother and an older sister. So, yeah, three of us. So the younger left. ones have, some of the younger ones have passed away? Right? Yeah, my younger brother, yeah. And then obviously the, there were those before me, but my older brother passed away when I was young. And then before I was born, there were two that had passed away. So, uh, you know. Illness or war? Or? Um, no, no, one car accident, one illness, and then one got electrocuted as a, wow. as a baby. Yeah, so. Yeah. Very traumatic for your parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see that effect. Obviously, that had on my mother, yes. you know, for years, but uh, yeah, which it does, obviously. Mm. Losing children. Mm. Yeah. School life, pretty much fun. Yeah, school, school was great. Primary school was great. High school was great. Went to a private school in high school. Um, went to another school, a government school, for a year. Um, really got tired of school because it was pretty boring for me, truthfully. And uh, so I actually finished school early. I got my army call-up papers very early as a as a young boy of sixteen. Yeah. And uh, before you, you know, I, to go. No, I just went to the army. My mother was mad with me, but the point it was too late by the time she found out. You signed up, and that yes, was it. yes. So they are, no, well, you actually were called up. Okay. So at sixteen, I got my call-up papers. Turned seventeen. And then that January, I was 17 and two years, no, 17 and two months, uh, hadn't finished school, went to the army. So And they finished school for you or they just... No, 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 this was, no, no, I didn't have to go back. No, I did studies after that, but okay. uh, no, I didn't go back, no, not to school. <laughs> I tried to go to night school, didn't work for me. Playing uh, rugby? Yeah, I played rugby, soccer, soccer, yeah. soccer and rugby was my main sport. Mm -hmm. Tried cricket. I really was bad at that. But uh, rugby and soccer was uh, rugby was played at school. Yeah, and then soccer so was played at club level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I played soccer from a young age, the age of six, pretty much. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. So it must be good. We got to get a game. See <laughs> I think some of your men play in the Masters League. I don't know where they play. We have guys that do all sorts of sports, yes. Yeah, yeah I think I, I play against some of them. Okay, okay. Uh, we oh. had a game on Saturday. I okay, played. okay, there we go. <laughs> I don't think I'll manage a game now. <laughs> um, were you, did you, were you raised in a Christian family or was there any church life? No, no, no. Right, you as a child? No, just pretty much Catholics, um, as you know, as it was in Catholic, uh, yeah. Catholic area. Went to a Catholic high school, mm -hmm. pretty much. So that was it. No. Uh, went to, uh, got confirmed in Anglican, so I was a confused Catholic. Yes. Confirmed in Anglican because I sang in the choir, and because I got paid to sing in the choir, so there I was confirmed in Anglican, so I could make some money. <laughs> <laughs> but, but ultimately, uh, grew up as a Catholic. What other jobs did you do in before you went to the army? Did you do any part-time work or...? No, no. Look, generally, growing up in South Africa, not unlike here in Australia, where yeah. a lot of the young people work, all these opportunities, there weren't 
there were th those opportunities were not there okay. for generally for younger people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, interesting. And uh, got into trouble much as a teenager? Always. Always. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to go there. So. <laughs> we do. I was we a, don't want I was to a sinner. I was a sinner. <laughs> so, That's it. <laughs> That's it. Rebel to the max. <laughs> exactly. In trouble with the law? Not much. No, no, I tried not to be. Cars, uh, bikes, anything like that? I always had bikes. Always motorbikes. Uh, yeah. Motorbikes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from young. Had lots of accidents, but uh, you know, so <laughs> survived them all. Yes, yeah, survived them all by God's grace for His purpose. So, yeah. yeah. And then you decided to go into the army. Yeah, so there was a, yeah. Up. No, you got called up because there was generally compulsory for every white young male in those years. Was it an age that you had to go to? It was usually seventeen or eighteen. Or? Yeah, it was generally when you finished school or, or thereabouts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And where was army? For me, it was in a place called Potchefstroom, which was artillery. So I was in artillery. I'm enrolled in the, at Northwest University. Oh, you are? There we go. There we go. All right. We have a great church, a CRC church in Potchefstroom. Oh, actually, when I graduate, I, I can attend the church. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're actually having a great uh, harvest event soon, so, which will be thousands and thousands of students. Wow. You know, so, yeah. Small world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, and uh, artillery, so guns, uh, tanks. Uh, no guns. Only yeah. guns. Guns. So it would be guns. Yeah, it would be uh, we one forty mil guns, which and the one fifty five mil guns, which are big guns, uh, seven ton guns with hundred kilogram projectiles, etc. So, Ouch. Yes, yes. Missiles, really. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, how was the army life? You learn African quickly. No, uh, you learn, you learn. Yeah, but. Um, now, army life was army life. You do training, you go up to those years, the border, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, in southwest Africa, now Namibia, uh, on the border of Angola, did some ops into Angola, because uh, there was obviously wars going on at the time, or well, yeah. an undeclared war, but it was a war. Yeah. So, yeah. So you you went to war in a sense, or yeah, more yeah, like a training been, No, 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 we've been in war. You have been in Yeah, war. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Gunfights or more from a distance? No, obviously, look, because when we went to the army, we were trained as infantry and artillery. So on the one ops, most ops, we would go as uh, artillery. Um, we do little small excursions, but one op was at least a month long. So we first half would go as artillery. Um, and that was intense because there you fire, fire, fire at night only and then move because they pick up your muzzle flash. Yeah. Uh, so you have to hide in the day. And um, second half, we went in as as infantry to do mopping up, etc. So, yeah, pretty intense. Yes, wow. yes. Uh, Very thrilling. <laughs> Dangerous, too. <laughs> no, look, as a young boy, the, the point is I was a young boy. I was yeah. a boy. Yeah. Uh, I just turned 18, and then I was with you in this situation. So that does have an effect on you. you you're a young boy. Uh, people think war doesn't have an effect. It does, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Did that turn you into a man, in a sense? Like, I think you learn. I know. I think you learn. Yeah. No, I think you learn certain things. I, I think what people don't realize, you learn certain things. It does toughen you up. Yeah. But there are a lot of men, but a lot of men now that that have uh, post traumatic stress disorder, uh, which follows in their whole lives, unless they deal with them. That's where coming to Christ makes a difference. Yeah. So many people try to deal with these things without Christ, and ultimately, 
it, it's just not possible. Mm. And so, yeah, I know many people that actually are living in a time warp. They're living 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, they're 60, but they're still living as if they were 20 because their emotional state is actually locked into that time, that situation. Survival, that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, What did you do when you came out of the army? I actually um, went to work for the council, believe it or not, uh, which was maybe good. I did. Uh, I was an accounts assistant um, and then went from there and did a started with a trade, uh, electrician and a fitter, okay. those years, which was called a, a millwright in South Africa. And uh, then from there, ended up in sales. And um, yeah, from there... Uh, Selling electrical or...? Uh, no, I, I did sales for um, JR Case, which was front, which was uh, earth moving equipment, mm -hmm. and um, and then I, then I went to do, I became a brick salesman. Believe it or not, right? Clay bricks, <laughs> clay bricks. Yes, but working with architects and big construction companies. So awesome. yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. And uh, so when you came back from the army, did you move in back with your parents, or you stayed in Johannesburg? You moved out. You started. No, nah, I went home to mommy and daddy. You went home? <laughs> yes, yes. And you worked from home? Uh, you stayed with them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it, yeah, yeah. When did you meet Sharon? Well, we met 1986, right? And, uh, well, no, not 1986. Was it 1986, 1995? So you're going to shoot me if I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we pretty much met uh, at about 85. I was playing in a Christian band. Uh, she came to watch her cousin who was singing. Yeah. And uh, when I saw her, I knew the Lord said to me, that's your wife. And uh, in the crowd, I just didn't know who she was. Uh, saw her and that's my wife. You know, I just knew that's my wife. And um, yeah, I was sort of met after that. Yeah. So you're saying you're like a Christian man. How did you become a Christian? Well, it's a bit of a story. So I actually made a commitment to the Lord as a young boy at about uh, 14 years old. Actually on my way to a party, believe it or not, with my friends, I got stopped by some Christians mm -hmm. who were operating in a Christian coffee bar and uh, they invited me to the coffee bar. I yeah. said, no, I'm going to a party. So I went to the party and this is a young boy. Yeah. Uh, at that party, everyone is drinking. I was drinking, trying to get drunk as a 14 year old, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, that's just the reality. And, uh, but I just couldn't, I just knew in my heart, I've got to go back there. So I said to my friends, I'm going. And I left, walked up to the, Christian coffee bar, uh, which was a, a gym, which had an upstairs part and, uh, and then spoke to the guys there, gave my life to Jesus as a young boy, yep. um, served God, but obviously moving out of home just before I went to the army, traumatic home life, went to the army. It was there that really I'd backslidden, but always had the call of God in my life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. That's how I became a Christian. Well, that was the part of it. And then I think in the army, the army years, God really was on my case all the time. Yeah. He would, he would not let me go. That's, uh, like men uh, would come and talk to you about God or no, just God, God's presence, God's just presence. He would direct. Yeah. God's presence. Sometimes I would just, you, you actually get as drunk as possible. And I don't always like to talk about it, but that is a fact. It, as drunk as possible, and his presence would be upon me. I would shout at him and say, leave me alone. You know? <laughs> but that's the presence of God. Yeah. 
you know, because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And um, what happened is obviously a couple of years later, at about 22 and a half, almost 23, I was in Botswana because I was working with my brother doing sales and uh, walked into a hotel room in Francistown, Botswana, which is a thousand kilometers from Johannesburg, walked into that room in the hotel room because I was staying there that night and the presence of God was there in that room. He was sitting there in the corner yeah. waiting for me. It's just incredible. As I stepped into that room, the presence of God was there. I dropped my bag and I fell down on my face and I repented. Wet before God. Like that, he changed me. And, uh, yeah, so I rode all the way back to Johannesburg, singing every song I'd ever learned as a child, uh, and just that just coming out of me. Went to church. I knew I had to go to church. Yeah. That Sunday night, I went to church, found a church, people I knew, but I knew I had to make a public commitment. Mm -hmm. So just, no, you know, you know instinctively, yeah. because God saying, now make a public commitment of what happened in your life. Um, put up my hand, the only guy putting up my hand. Um, although I'd made the commitment, God said, make a public commitment, which I did. Mm -hmm. So, and then, yeah, the rest is history. History is. So you really, went to the front or afterwards somebody came and prayed with you or? Yeah, normally, church? well, it was a small church. So, yeah. uh, uh, everyone came. Cause I knew most, I knew most of the people, they'd be my friends. So yeah. I'd known them from when I'd first been in church. So I sort of tracked them down because yeah. I knew I had to go there. And, you know, it was part of God's process, I think, to, to help me through the bumps and help me through uh, the, the backslidden process. Because mm. being backslidden is a process of coming through this. Yeah. It's not just, well, okay, here I am. And I think that's where people miss it often is you, you, they're backslidden, they come back to God, but they have to commit themselves. Yeah. And I knew I had to commit myself get involved, go to a home cell, connect group, go to church, be involved, serve. I knew I had to do that. Because, you know, you're so busy in the world. You're yeah. a busy sinner. Yeah. And what happens to many Christians, they, they're busy sinners and they become uh, bored Christians. <laughs> so I knew as a young man, I couldn't live like it. Yeah. Because if I did, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. You know, so... You want to experiment. Yeah. And I know, look, I know, you know, people may dispute me on this, but... You know, people that don't get busy in the kingdom of God end up in trouble, yeah. ultimately. Because no matter, even if you sin, even if you mess up, if you know you're committed to something, it's like there's this commitment you have to make before God to get right before yeah. God. You just have no choice because yeah. no. he's real. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I think activity uh, is vital. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we are workers. I mean, worship is work. Sure, absolutely. So we are created. Absolutely, absolutely, you, yeah. Sure. Yeah, if you sit sure. idle, you're going to... You know, it's the devil's playground. Sure, sure, sure. God so said to Adam, your early twenties, um, mm -hmm. you walking with God now. Uh, did you attend that church? What church did you attend in the end? How did you continue your Christian walk? Well, I attended that church. Um, and then I met my wife. She was in another church, the Assemblies of God as well. So you joined a band, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So in that church, we formed a band. Okay. Because you were actually, playing the guitar or? Yeah, playing the guitar. Uh, we formed a band because, because here's the thing. <laughs> there was a typical Assemblies of God church uh, there in South Africa. So it was, uh, in the mornings, the chairs would be put in a, in a, like a square table, communion table in the middle. And you'd have somebody on the organ 
with a with a big hat with fruit on the hat, you know, the lady lots of lipstick and, and and plain, and somebody would stand up and say, May we sing hymn number five hundred? And then there we go. Next one, that's how it went. But you know, as a young yeah, so you young people, you're thinking, this you know, surely there must be something different. So I we actually went to the pastor. I went to the pastor, I said, Pastor, you know, I, can we start a band so we can lead the worship? Yeah. He said, I've been praying for this. <laughs> great. So we actually formed a band. Right. And um, actually most of those guys that formed that band are in the ministry today. Wonderful. All pastoring a yeah. church somewhere. So, yeah. So we formed that band, played uh, Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and then we started to travel as well. Friday night, Saturday, we played in many different churches, coffee bars, youth groups, wherever we could, we played. So we were pretty active yeah. in... Um, in using that as an evangelistic tool. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So you met your wife. Um, how did you follow up? Uh, so you saw her in this meeting, mm. and then you, it was a small circle. You could find her easily. You could connect with her. Well, well, what happened is I met her. Well, she didn't like me because maybe I looked differently then. I had long, uh, uh, curly hair, blonde, highlighted, etc loud clothes, you know, because that's me, uh, you know, bright colored clothes. And uh, so she didn't like me at first. But then then, then a friend, the, one of the guys in the band, we went to another church on New Year's Eve yeah. to play at the church on the New Year's Eve service to do some item song. Um, and, um, and actually we decided all to go somewhere afterwards because yeah. we would have inter-church connection. Yeah. And she jumped in the back of my car, and that's how we sort of connected further, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, just called her up, got her phone number, called her up, you know, pretended I was a salesman. <laughs> but Well, we're know, selling bricks. <laughs> selling eggs. eggs. <laughs> you know, you're going to say, how do you make the connection? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was hilarious. And uh, she came around eventually. You, you started dating her or courting her. Well, I'm sure the moment she saw me, she would have come around. <laughs> <laughs> did, a long, uh, did it take a long time to, no, no, to get the deal? No, I mean, no, she, was, she, was, she was in Bible school uh, at the time, so she went back to Bible school. But we, you know, we, we, we started dating. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And um, you asked for her hand from her parents? you do it the old school way or you just uh, pop the question to me? No, I, I think I got engaged without asking her parents. But uh, when we did, when we, when we wanted to get married, I did sit with her parents and uh, said, I'd like to marry your daughter. So <laughs> I did the right way. I'm pretty unconventional sometimes. So I need help. <laughs> I need help. But yeah. you made it through and they agreed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely amazing parents, godly parents, amazing Dad is is with the Lord Jesus now, but absolutely absolutely incredible parents. So yeah. my mother in law still alive, beautiful woman of God. So yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And uh, so when did you live in Johannesburg initially? When yeah, in married? Johannesburg. Yes, yes. Yeah, just for when we got married, I we were married for a month, but I knew God had said to me go to Bible school. So we actually month I found I found Sharon up before we got married. I said God said we're going to go to Bible school. So you know that's me. If God speaks, then we do it. And um, so we uh, were married for a month, 
finished up our work, went to Bible school. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I had to just trust God for finances and whatever. So we went back to the Bible school she was at. Yep. And a great, great couple that ran it, uh, doctors, Paul and Carol Alexander. Amazing. They run in Trinity Bible College in Dakota now. Mm -hmm. uh, so doing an incredible work. I've always done an incredible work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. So um, you stayed on campus or you stayed at home? And you no, on campus. On so campus. I was, yeah, I was, I was about four hours away from, mm -hmm. uh, actually in the, near the Kruger National Park, which is, uh, yeah, so it was nice. a good, yeah, good place, yes. And that was two years or one year? No, I, st I stayed one year. One year. Then uh, from there, just felt to go to the inner city of Johannesburg, Gilbra, mm -hmm. and minister there with a church as a, an assistant pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and then, then moved to a little town called Fixburg mm -hmm. of about 5,000 people in the town. And that's where David was born. Uh, but yeah, so pastored a church there. Then moved from there. Assemblies of God Church? Or? Yeah, Assemblies of God Church. Yeah. 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 Were you spirit filled or you, you had experience? Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, uh, yes, you yes, had yes. a strong encounter with yes, the spirit, absolutely. Yeah. In the yeah. spirit? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this church was an existing church that you were called to minister in? Yeah, yeah, the same as of God, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And yeah. from then, from there? So from David, then, David from, was born there? Yeah, David was born there. Then from there we moved to Johannesburg. Back. And then I planted a church there mm -hmm. and um, was there for a couple of years. Then moved to a place called Kimberley, planted a church there, CRC church there. So you uh, moved to CRC from uh, Assemblies of God? Or CRC is part of AOG? Yeah, no, 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 it's not part of AOG. No, no, Pastor Art and myself, we, we became friends, uh, in Fixburg. When I was in Fixburg, he was in Ladybrand, which is another small town, 60 kilometers from there. So we actually became friends. Yeah. At, at that place. And we often, we would talk about vision, talking about planting churches, growing churches, teamwork, et cetera. Always talk about this. So this was always part of our, a DNA of, of talking about apostolic work, teams, church planting, yeah. et cetera. Because I, we see that as a critical part of evangelism, sure. is church planting. Yeah. You know, um, to establish a permanent presence in a place. Because mm -hmm. you can go in and hit the, hit the souls. What are you going to do with them? Yeah. And I can go a hundred kilometers, uh, win the souls there. What am I going to do with them? Yeah. So go there when, church. you know, so evangelism is a big part of it, but church planting, and, and governance ultimately of establishing apostolic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he began CRC, or you yes, were yeah, part in, of no, yeah, in uh, in in Bloemfontein. Yeah, yeah. So so Bloemfontein but, is, but, is a big town, isn't it? Um, not really. It's not a huge town. No, no. It's probably all in all about four hundred and fifty thousand people. But the church there is well over fifty thousand members. So wow. it's incredible. Um, so he started it there. Well, first in Ladybrand in the small, small town, but then when he moved, he took over the church that he had come from in Bloemfontein, and obviously that exploded, just an incredible work of God. Actually, I think it was William Branham who actually stood on the ground where the church is now, yeah. and he said, from here, revival will go out to the nations. Wow. He prophesied over the ground. You know, whatever people think of William Branham, that's not the issue. God yeah. used him. But um, so just incredible, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, so we were friends before that. And then you joined. We were friends them. before that. We were friends before that and would always talk about this. So when I moved 
to Johannesburg. I planted the church, but then the church I planted in Kimberley, we decided, you know, let's work together. Let's do this together. Yeah. All right. So Kimberley, then Cape Town, et cetera, et cetera. So, so they started planting CLC churches yeah, in South yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your call to plant, think? I mean, what do you think? More, no, more planting I, yeah, than establishing? No, I, I don't think my personal call is always just to plant. I think um, it's, it's what I've done. Because mm -hmm. it's always been the need, and when you're younger, you do what you have to you do. You have the energy, and you yeah, break new yeah, ground. Yeah, you do what you have so to you, do. So these were planted from start, from yeah, fresh, yeah, totally yeah, new. Yeah. yeah, look, almost uh, almost every there's no CRC church that has not been planted from scratch. Okay. So every one of them. There's no no takeover. There's no, no takeover. Nothing. Okay. You know, look, I I think maybe in the future there will be many churches, and I think that will need to happen. Uh, many churches that will come together and work together, change and get a common vision and goal. Because yeah. a lot of them, are, are, it's not sustainable for many of them to function with the reproduction of trying to reproduce leaders rather work together in team. I, and yeah. I mean team. And yeah. I mean a takeover of a hierarchy, uh, an aggressive corporate takeover. That's not what I'm talking about. Because I think in all of that, we miss the point. Yeah. Is that we actually start having managers and we're not raising leaders for the future. Sure. So, yeah. And where was Carmen born? Carmen was born when we were in Johannesburg. Back. In yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So. How, what's the difference between them to four years? Three Five, years. Three years, years. Yeah. Three years. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just over three years, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, raising them up in South Africa was fun. They followed you around all with church planting, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fun, yeah. Absolutely. No, they were great. They, Love God. The key for children is they got to be involved in church. Yeah. Church is not a punishment. No. It's part of our lives. They knew yeah. this is what we did. We went to church. It was not an excuse. Uh, they're not, free. oh, well, they're tired. No, they came to church. That's it. Yeah. They slept on the floor, did whatever. We planted churches. You know, we had nothing when we were in Bloemfontein because then we moved to Bloemfontein. Okay. To oversee our churches and to plant more churches from there to, to, to raise up apostolic teams, etc., and churches from there. Um, so, you know, just being there in a great evangelistic revival environment is, uh, you know, it also impacted their lives. So when I was traveling, they were home, but they were always in church. Yeah. So that's one thing about my wife. She is always, you go to church, we, we serve God, that's it. So what dad does, we pray for him, we're with him, we're yeah. in this together. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't feel de deprived because yeah. they were in, and that's the key for your kids to be in church. Yeah. I don't care what people say. You yeah. know, it's just, ah, oh, no, I'm busy and this and that. Well, you know, uh, we see the result of kids not going to church. Yeah. We see the result of people withholding the kids from the house of God. And even, I think, uh, sometimes you have a little problem with Sunday school because a lot of the times they're not even in church. We just ditch them on the side in the yeah, side. Sure, sure, I sure. think they should experience church as well as sure, sure. Sunday school. Yeah, sure. Unless unless you run your Sunday school as church. Yeah. So so I mean we, we have chosen we, we're pretty radical in our Sunday school, yeah, and all over. Is we get them filled with the Holy Ghost, teach them to lay hands. Um, you know, uh, it, it's part of that. And obviously till a certain age then we, we transition them into church. Yeah. But um, you know and it doesn't mean some of them don't sit in church because we have a lot of babies, uh, yeah. kids that still sit in church. But 
I, I think Sunday school is not a not a daycare center. No, that's what and I mean. That's the it's issue. It's yes. not a playgroup. Hundred percent right. So it it's got to be, be full a, on yeah. worship, laying out of the hands, teaching the word, etc. Yeah, yeah. um, getting them to prophesy, getting them to pray in the Holy Ghost. You yeah. know, um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. What are some of the highlights from South Africa for you? South, uh, like ministry in South Africa. Look, I think uh, highlights are always, look, there's just so many things that happen ultimately. I don't think we, I think sometimes we get so used to so many things happening and big things happening and you, the, the highlight is seeing what God can do. Because a lot of times people look at your church, like even, you know, they say, oh, great, yeah, great, you know. Uh, no, no, that never started there. In South Africa, it never started there. It never started with, it started with uh, uh, Pastor Art saying, I have a dream. Uh, us connecting, you know, saying let's let's do something together. Start with nothing, nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, those years there was nothing. Look, we planted churches. We had nothing, zero. Yeah, there was. <laughs> we had to find money, get money somewhere, work for money, do whatever. Yeah, it's the reality. Look, there's a lot of money everywhere now. Sure. You know, and and so to see what God has done from that, from nothing, from the struggles, from the difficulties, from the the clashes that we would often have. Uh, you know, even as leaders, to to see what God has done and to see that, but to know how much more can be done. Yeah. So, because people do look at things like they say, "Wow, amazing!" But it never started there. Yeah, it never started there. And I think it, my thing is so that for me is a highlight. Yeah, is to say, "Wow, this is incredible. This is possible." And um, but never to forget that. Mm. You know where we've come from. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, the journey brought you to Australia eventually, first on a visit and then mm. as a permanent move. Yeah. yeah. The visit was, um, were you invited by a church or a group of people? No, we, we had an existing church, yeah. Um, In Perth? Yeah, yeah. The CRC church? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, there were certain challenges that happened in the church, which we won't go into. Um, but we felt as leadership that I need to come here. Obviously, it was not, it's not something we decide you will. It's what do we believe God's saying yeah. and what do I believe God's saying. Yeah. So um, came, took over. Um, it was not an easy takeover. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> maybe a hostile takeover. <laughs> so it was pretty tough. Yeah. Look, it was tough. So um, and look, there are many times I just said to God, I'm going back. I don't need this nonsense. <laughs> but... Um, but I knew God had called me. I knew God had called us. We knew God had called us. And look, many so you, people... You came many, together with your wife. That's it. You came here yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. establish. Look, when they... when they, Yeah, exactly. So we came to establish. Yeah. So And then we relaunched the church. Mm -hmm. So 20, May 2016, we relaunched the church. Because I knew it was the only thing we could do. Ultimately, because many people had left. They were never going to accept our leadership at all. Not yeah. at all. It just wasn't going to be like that. Did they that. know much about you? Um... No, they knew I was no nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they knew that, you know. Um, and but but at the end of the day, look, my leadership style is different, um, and I appreciate that. I do understand that people leave; they're not your enemy. Yeah. You know. So, but I knew they would not accept just you know it. Have and I had to be prepared for that. But one thing God said to me, because there weren't many people in the church; it wasn't like a big church. It was like you know a few people. So. Um, but God said to me, don't count. Yeah. Because remember, I come from a big world. 
So it's like thousands and thousands and you're in different churches every week, <laughs> etc. You know, uh, there's auditoriums there of six and a half thousand. That's an yeah. auditorium, you know, and we have, it's just incredible. So coming to this, now you have to start again. God said to me, don't count. Yeah. Because if you count, you will you'll yeah. become disheartened, disillusioned, and then you will not trust me. Yeah. You know, so, um, and I had to make that decision. It was very hard. I, you know, I'm not blind. So I could see standing up there. <laughs> okay, Lord, I won't count. I'll pretend there's thousands, there's hundreds, yeah, thousands, you know. But um, it, it, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. So it wasn't easy. Yeah. And um, and I knew I just had to. We had to relaunch the church. So relaunch it. Said, great, you know, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's the issue with David. If you read one Chronicles, is that that. It says, when the mighty men came to David, he went out to meet them and he said, have you come here to help me? If so, God be with you. But if not, God will judge you. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, if you want to do anything for God, you have to, are the people there to stand with you? Yeah. To fulfill the mandate of God. We're not there, we, we're not in a pleasure boat. We're in a battleship. Yeah. You know, so I had to make that call sometimes very strong, yeah. very strong, actually, sometimes brutal in my leadership, which, I mean, I don't have to do now because it's unnecessary because we, we, we want church, we're moving together. But sometimes you've got to do that, not because people are your enemy, but to establish vision and purpose yeah. and, and what God wants, what you believe God wants for the future. So, um, yeah, it was brutal mm. because otherwise what happens in a scenario like that is you end up then being employed by the people, yeah. not called of God. Yeah. And that's a big difference. Yeah. Because many people try to push me like that. Yeah. You know, we'll tell you what the vision is. So no, 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 we already have the vision. Yeah. You know. You come with yeah, us. Yes, yes. That's it. Win the lost at any cost. Mend the nets. The catch will be great. Build one dynamic church in many locations. That's our vision. That's why we are here. So, and that has many facets that, of course, that come from. how it works it so, itself out. Yeah, so it, yeah, it, it was, and like I say again, I'll say this, you know, people are not your enemy. So people weren't the enemy, and that's important. Yeah. Because, uh, it, because sometimes it can seem like that. People think, no, you're attacking me personally. So no, actually, this is principle. Yeah. And Jesus is establishing his church, uh, on his foundation, not our foundation, not what we want, what he wants. It's not personal. Yeah. So sentimental. You know, I often say to people, sentimental means you're half mental. <laughs> so, semi-mental. <laughs> semi-mental. So, so it's emotional because church is emotional. Yeah. It is. You know, people invest their lives, their emotions, all of that in friendship. So it is emotional. And I do understand that. Yeah. So it's it's sometimes the conflict you have as a as a leader, as you will know, you're in conflict. Because you you know Intention. Yes, Intention. you know what people are feeling, you know, but you understand what God is wanting. And this conflict actually hits together and it's a, it's a crisis. But I do say to people often, if you're going through this as a leader, it, it's better you go through a conflict like that because at least it keeps you, you seeking God and it keeps your heart right towards people. Yeah. Very important. You know, yeah. for me, that's important because for me, people are everything. I, I you know, um, I, I love people. I care for people. I really do sometimes overcare. Um, but you know, you know, Pastor Clive, mm. I think you are probably the only pastor in this town who actually calls other pastors 
yes, and ask yes. them how they're doing. I mean, yes. you've called me a few times. Yes, yes. I don't get those calls. Yes, yes. Almost anyone else. Yes, yes. It's just good. Yes, How tough was it for for Sharon and the children? Yeah, the same, the same. You know, um, yeah, I think they took they took knocks because you're uprooting your whole life. Yeah, moving. You you even though people think it's a similar culture, it is similar to a point. It's, it's not. not. No, and and spiritually, it's much more aggressive. Oh. People have no idea. People think, ah, it's, it's the same. No, no. Uh, different these are, demons, these different are, evils. These, yeah. these are things that have been rooted and grounded in the culture yeah. for, for decades now. As we know, you know, the stuff we're fighting now, that that very few countries around the world are fighting. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, just listening to some of the people you've had, like Dorina. Yeah. I mean, you, you, know, you, you know, where you come from, all of yeah. you. Um, you know, you've come from communist r regimes that were brutal. Yeah. And having to listen to... People saying where to escape, yeah, you know, and I think the vast majority of people don't get this, but they don't get the fact that we—it's a demonic thing that we are fighting of in course. the culture. So, so is it tough? Was it tough for them? Yes, because yeah. your your whole root system is is taken away. It's unsettled. This, yeah, and it's not like you just go and you connect with That's a friend. Yeah. Now you've got to make new friends, yeah. new connections, new and all the tension yeah, that comes sure. with that sure. in the church and uncertainty sure. and. Absolutely. Getting the life together, and obviously for a wife to settle everything, the children sure, to, sure. to create that home environment. Sure, hundred percent. We uh, we just go. We sure. sleep anywhere. We eat anything, and we can. Absolutely, on. sure. And I mean, I thought about it uh, actually earlier on. Thought I actually earned less money here than I did in South Africa. Literally, if you yes. actually converted it, I earned less money here. Literally, <laughs> dollar dollar for dollar. I actually because there just was no money. There's a saying in Australia, yeah. Lord, keep him humble and we'll keep him humble. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just say, people say that to me now, I'll keep you humble. <laughs> but it is, um, yes. and we don't do that well. Mm. We don't do that well. And yeah. it hurts me, especially as pastors become older. You know, a lot of them never had a... a you know, superannuation sure, sure, looked sure. after them or if they've been into missions. And they retire very poor. Sure. And that, that's one thing that does uh, drive me. It really does anger me. Yeah. So, I mean, part of the vision uh, that we have of the church, is, and we will do it, is we will build a lot of homes yeah. for pastors, uh, you know, in the future for them to retire. Yeah. It doesn't matter whoever they are, those who serve God, those who preach the gospel and faithful, because a lot of them do give their lives. Yeah. And I've seen that over years and years. And also, yeah. a lot of them are in the mission fields, yeah, and they're coming absolutely. back here absolutely, yeah. in their later years. Sure, sure. And sure. they can't even get state housing, absolutely. or they live on, on a year pension, not absolutely. being able to pay for their medicine. Absolutely. Shocking. 100%. Not. No, so it is it is an issue. Um, and, you know, thankfully, we don't have a church that's like that. If I write a Harley Davidson, they don't look at me and say, oh, Pastor makes a lot of money. No, you know, so yeah. we, and thankfully we don't and have mature those enough. But, but there are many people that are like that. Oh, and there know. are many pastors who suffer under that. Yeah. You know, so, and I believe that. You can't go it. beyond the third. You yeah, can't absolutely. Drive on Earth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <biggest> Meanwhile, <laughs> yes, exactly. Meanwhile, the Toyota costs more than the Merc. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's hybrid, Yeah, so I, I think it's part of our vision, and it really is is to build a, a, a group of homes that, that is like a lifestyle village, whatever. That's um, beautiful. And because I do see that as a need mm. to, to, 
And I have to trust God for that because we know well, how expensive things are like that. But I know God will open up the, the land and, and the funds and the finances to build that. I'm glad that. you have that vision mm. because it's much needed and I don't think anyone yeah. has thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so you uh, started at ECU in Jundalab um, initially? Yeah, we had, a, we had a facility there in, um, in uh, Jundalab, a little shop. Okay. <laughs> where the Christmas shop is. You know where the Christmas shop no. is? Okay, well, you don't know where the Christmas shop is. Okay. In between a hardware store and a paint store and a and a bubble bath place. <laughs> it's a little shop there. <laughs> so, so what was that? So no, was no, it was that we ran the church here, but then we moved to ECU. So th uh, that was the actual building as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many seats did this? No, not a lot. 30, 40? No, 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 no. Probably uh, on a good day, seating-wise, you could probably get like 200. Oh, so it was a big place? No, it wasn't big. No, big enough to get to people. <laughs> yeah, but there was no... <laughs> no parking, nothing. Not, no parking, not designed no, as There was no parking. So you moved to ECU? Uh, ECU, yeah. yeah. Which, which we took a knock, but I, I knew that God said to me, get out of here. Yeah. Because it had a low ceiling, firstly, and that drives me nuts anyway. <laughs> because it's just, you know, people's thinking. Yeah. So it's just the concept. And um, so God said, get I felt the Lord said, get out of here. I went to... Then we moved to ECU, yeah, which uh, wasn't a big place, and we took we took hits. But I knew I'd, that I that was a four year journey, wasn't it? Three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably almost four. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's about three and a half. And then so, you took a massive step to mm, mm, to have a building built for yeah, you yeah, on a yeah. long term lease. Yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that was God's favor because yeah. I'd actually said to people. And the timing. Can you imagine yeah. doing it now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, it was God's favor because I'd look for a place. We had got a place, a, a developer was going to develop it for us and really great. That fell through because the, the council wouldn't approve it for zone it for church. Yeah. Um, yeah, in just up the road, yeah. Looked really. And I, I said, Lord, okay, now we've moved out. I've said to everybody, we're going to do this. Got them all excited. And I felt, now oh, what now? And, and I really felt the Lord take me, phone this guy. I phoned him. I said, Craig, I said, look, I know that God wants me to phone you. Let's look. All right. He phones me back about a week late and he says, I know a guy. I know a family, an amazing family. Yeah. All right. He says, I want you to meet them. Yeah. Okay. I sat, I sat with uh, Alan, T.O., probably not even five minutes. I said, this is what I want to do. Uh, this is, we're a church. This is what I want to do. And uh, uh, this is what we want to build. Yes. And this is the land we need. Because, yeah. you know, the land we have is prime, yeah. actually. Uh -huh. uh, you know, and, and not even need. five minutes. He put out his hand. He said, deal. That's it. That's, God. that's, that's God's grace. Yeah. You know, and, and remember, I mean, I always acted as if I had a lot of money, but we had no money. In the <laughs> so, so, but the fact is, because it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Just to kit everything out, to everything, all of that. So it, it we know was the favor of God, Absolutely. the hand of God, just there where it is. And, you know, we thank God for that, mm. you know. Oh, it's a landmark. Yeah, so we are in the thing. process, you know, the, the point of it was to get it now and uh, and, and, in the, and then ultimately buy Which it because that is the, the, the deal. But, um, but we had nothing. That's yeah. the point. So, but I knew I had to take that step then. Yeah. And actually get into it and because now it would have been different. Oh. To even build now. Oh. It would have been Delays four times. And yeah, it would have been four times the price. And council. So and you know, 
it's it just so it's an incredible so all in all we have like of the building is probably 2,000 square meters Beautiful. and then you know uh, five thousand six thousand square meter property prop it was parking etc yeah. which is a big factor so yeah absolutely yeah well we were yeah. neighbors you done yes, great absolutely and you blessed us with uh when you left Yes. The beautiful uh, chairs. Uh, <laughs> beautiful chairs. And we passed them on. Yes. Because good, we good. walked here. Yes. So we've done the right thing. We learn off you. Yes. Yes. To bless so the, the chairs, other yes. church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and because we, when we inherited this place, we inherited with chairs. Yeah. Oh, good. And yeah. it was great because we could um, establish our church there. Mm. Uh, I love that you believed in our vision and yes, you believed yes. in me as well. Yes. And, that meant a lot at the time, yes, you good, know, because we, we had absolutely no budget, uh, you know, 15 yes. people really yes, yes. permitted. But, um, yeah. yeah. And you were still doubtful. I said, go for it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> go well, because, you yes. know, you don't want to ask That the was people. a step, yes. Because yes. if you ask the people, they'll, they won't do it. Yeah, They're not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to be a little bit stubborn, as you say, and say, we, I'm doing this, guys. We're doing this. Are you yeah. with me? Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. like, should we do this? Yes, yes. The yes. moment you say, should we do this? It's like doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, we established, but it was a good forming year. Yeah. Uh, forming yeah. period absolutely. for us. While you you were know, there, absolutely. Four years or mm -hmm. three years we were there, one yeah. year in Gerwin. Mm -hmm. And then this amazing opportunity opened for us here, which yeah, is yeah, the next yeah. level. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, we've signed up a very long term lease here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're in a prime location, yeah, extremely good, good location, yeah. and the church is thriving and we're growing and maturing. Yeah, absolutely, which is and wonderful. It's the next step. Yeah, for us. absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. But we've learned of you, and I still, uh, you still inspire me, even though, you know, from a shadow, sort of, I watch, uh, you know, I watch a lot of the churches and the leaders mm -hmm. in the cities. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't immerse myself as much as I would like. To because I, I still run a business. Sure, sure. So, sure. Um, but uh, uh, it's beautiful. I love what the Lord is doing in the yeah, city. Amen, amen. And I love what you guys are doing and yeah, how absolutely. we can connect and cross pollinate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's um, great. And we appreciate what you're doing, appreciate your, your heart for people in the city. So we thank God for that. Praise God. Yeah. So God puts people together. I know that. Yeah. You know, God connects people. It's always His purpose. Mm -hmm. I've always believed in that divine destiny. God brings people, the right people, yeah. for what He wants in a city and in a place and a church, even. Which is yeah. wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you, so we don't do the count, but you've established well. You've been <coughs> there now for two and a half years. <coughs> no more, three years since um, you you, know, uh, you um, launched it. Let me see. Oh, it's got a bit of frog here. Excuse me. That's right. Sorry. It's all good. Swallow drop. There we go. Right. About three years, isn't it? Since it's, you uh, <clears throat> yeah, so we moved in uh, 2019. Oh, what happened to my voice? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me to all the viewers. 2019, uh, March, if you remember April. Yeah, I was there. Um, so it's just over three years. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and two, of, two and a half of those years have been. All the nonsense <laughs> so, that we faced, yes, yeah. with all these stupid lockdowns and yeah. etc. So, yeah, but you survived, and the church is solid, and the people are absolutely. Yeah, we're seeing. Through. Yeah, we're seeing growth. I think, as yeah. you know, uh, I'm pretty outspoken. Yeah, about some things. So and that doesn't attract the yeah. the, the critical mass. <laughs> it attracts those no. who can. Yeah, who but wish I to mean, we've, now we've grown. I mean, we've got some incredible people, um, you know, and. Uh, 
God has really blessed us. Many, many people have come to Christ the last while, so which is incredible. And uh, we have some amazing people. So mm. absolutely, and the church has grown. It's you know. It's, you know I, what I loved? Uh, I I was really touched when I went to your 60th birthday celebration. Yeah, yeah. And the way both your son, as he emceed the event, mm -hmm. but also the church honored you. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a beautiful example to Absolutely. our city. Yeah. And uh, um, I just, you know, we often do these things when people die. And it's far, yeah, too, late, absolutely. far yeah. too late. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the way your church honored you yeah, and the yeah. family honored you was sure, absolutely sure, beautiful. Sure. And uh, I thank you for giving them that opportunity. Yeah, no, good, good. Uh, I'm yeah, thankful for that, yeah. You've given us a, a lesson of fatherhood yeah, yeah. and legacy, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. So uh, I'm about to celebrate my 50th, so there we I'm go. a few years there behind go. you. There we go. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll carbon copy your celebration. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, you started something, a legacy. <laughs> uh, it's always good. I, look, I think it's good. I, look, I don't believe in hero worship at all. Because uh, I think there's a lot of that, but I do believe in honor. Honor. And no, I think we need to give people opportunity to honor and honor other people. So yeah. I, I do that as much as possible because there are incredible people in the world and in our city. Sure. That, that we need to honor. You yeah. Know? So absolutely. So it is important. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? What's, what's the next chapter for you? Well, I, look, for me, the, the, I think being, Having gone through these two and a half years now, it's also made me very much aware of, of the need for us to actually believe God to save a city. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I have no issue with traveling, etc., and preaching in other churches, no issue with that. But I think the charismatic Pentecostal church has to be very careful now because we've got cities that we need to win. Perth alone is 2.2 million people. Yeah. That's it. How many of those people serve God? So I, for me, that's the very hard cry right now. I believe yeah. that God wants us, wherever people are, churches are at, is to let's believe God for the city. Yes. You know, not just for my church to grow. Because yeah. my church will grow. I know yeah. it will grow. It's growing. It's not my church. It's his church. But, you know, it the will grow, etc. But let's believe God for a city and yep. let's plant more churches everywhere because we need to plant. And I'm not saying every suburb, every yeah. school, every quarter. Absolutely. And I'm not, you know, people think, okay, we all get together in the stadium. That's great. That doesn't, that doesn't bring a revival. It's the result of revival. You know, it's a celebration, but let's believe God for a city. Let's believe God. You know, we want to change this nation. We have to believe God for cities. We want to change the state. We have to believe God for hundreds of thousands yeah. of people to be saved and, established in the kingdom of God. So yeah. for me, um, we are going to plant some churches, uh, probably Ellenbrook, Yanchep, uh, uh, Mandra, etc., just to cover the areas. The yeah, sure. Um, because those are growing areas yeah. as well. Um, and we have people from all these areas. But uh, as, and as we have in a church in Rockingham, um, you know, so I, I, for me, it's just to expand and then, then release people into other cities. But yeah. I really... Have a, and it's not, I don't have cabin fever because I, I do like to travel and I haven't traveled much the last while. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, have a bit of cabin fever. However, I really believe that God is calling leaders in cities yeah. to believe God for this city. Because yeah. it's great. I can go preach in every other city sure. and everybody applauds me. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, let's believe God for our cities yeah. to turn a city upside down. Because it says of the early church, 
The men who have, who have turned the world upside down have come here as well. Samaria, Acts chapter 8, that whole city was turned upside sure. down. You know, so it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. And we need to see that. And that for me is, is the very cry of my heart. So ultimately, church planting, releasing people yeah. to plant churches, and then really believing God for a, a city, praying a lot, breaking through, shifting the atmosphere, etc. So Beautiful. that's me. I love that heart because a lot of people have a heart for missions, going overseas, and yes, they yes. forget the mission at home, sure, and sometimes sure. the family. Sure, you know? sure, sure. And our city needs, sure, it needs. Sure. That's why, that's why we have this show sure, as well. Absolutely. Kingdom stories, you know, sure. the local people sure. who are doing the work in the trenches every day. Sure. And that, but that's what God says to Jeremiah. He says, in his captivity, pray for the peace of the city. Yeah. For in each peace, you will have peace. Yeah. And I think that's the issue we miss because people think, no, it's going to be better elsewhere. Or let me go preach here, preach here. And that's great. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm not slamming that. But it's to say, let's pray for the peace of the city. Yerushalem. Yeah, the yes, peace of yes, exactly. this city. Yeah. yeah. So we are here and let's win our city to Christ. That means that every church prospers, every church yeah. breaks through, that we, we see this and we, we build that in the hearts of our people, that it's not just our church. Yeah. And don't think we're big because the building is full. No, by any means. Yeah. The, no matter how big we are, yeah. we're never big enough. No. Because there are thousands, more, more people go to a mall yeah. on a Sunday That's than right. go to churches. Or to a footy game. Exactly the point. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you saw this Sunday, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday, Sunday, um, uh, and whenever this is going to air, the point is it was yesterday. So, yeah. <laughs> so the point of it being we film on Monday. Is, is the police had to come and disperse um, uh, thousands of teenagers yes. in, in the city center. You know why? No. Because there was one girl there, fans only girl, who had put on her page, uh, it's, I'm going to have a meet and greet. Yes. So yesterday in Perth, you can read now in Perth today. Yesterday in Perth, there were thousands, 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 thousands of teenagers. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All right. I mean, so, you know, we think we're great. We get 50 young people in our youth group. Excuse me. We need revival. Yeah. We need to believe God for a move of God. These people have millions yeah, of problems. Exactly. So these people, this is just Perth. Yeah. Right. So, and what is it? I don't judge them. I realize they need God. They need Jesus. They yeah, need to meet Jesus. She needs to meet Jesus. Yeah. That's the deal. They have nothing. So all they're going to is looking for a girl to wave at them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's the sum of their lives. Yeah. And that's sad. That's why I'm saying we're going to believe God for a city. If she can do that, what can Jesus do? Amen. You know. Amen. Praise Absolutely. God. Thank so you so it. much for sharing your story <laughs> yeah. and also Good. the dreams that you have Good. for our city. Good. Well, folks, what a wonderful story. Clive Pawson, CRC uh, Church here in Perth. is Christian Revival Church on the corner of uh, Ocean Reef Road and Wanderer Road. Enter from Uphill Place. Um, him, Sharon, David, and uh, Carmen are part of this amazing leadership with other mighty men and women in there honoring God and really praying and doing something for this amazing city. If this inspires you, please pass on this story to other people so you can encourage them as well. Like us on Facebook and uh, anywhere you consume this material, give us five-star rating so we can promote this further. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Austin. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. 
We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.